Hello, and welcome to the February edition of the Financial Institutions ESG 5 in 5 podcast, the podcast in which we spend five minutes exploring the five key ESG trends shaping the market for financial institutions this month. I'm Jake Hallam from Climate and ESG Capital Markets, and I'll be taking you through this month's key trends. Our first theme is ESG integration into bank treasuries. Bank treasuries are major investors of covered bonds in particular, supporting high-quality issuers in the primary market and holding these bonds in their liquidity portfolios. One interesting theme that I've noticed on the three green and social covered bonds that we've been active on this year so far is a number of dedicated ESG orders from the bank treasuries for their specific ESG liquidity portfolios. This supports the theme of banks integrating ESG more broadly to align with their overall ESG strategy. We expect to see an increasing number of bank treasuries integrate ESG into their investment approach, which is important for cover bond issuers in particular. Keeping on the same topic as investor developments for theme number two, we have seen a number of investors launch new green, social or sustainability bond funds. Candrium launched a sustainable bond impact fund, which aims to help deliver a positive impact on society and the environment by following the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Invesco also launches Environmental Climate Opportunities Bond Fund. It will invest in green, transition and sustainability linked bonds, as well as companies that have made commitments to net zero carbon emissions. However, perhaps most interesting is AXA Investment Manager's new short duration green bond fund. The fund will invest at least 75% of its assets in labelled green bonds, and at least 70% will be invested in short duration bonds with maturities of five years or less. The key innovation here is that the fund will meet the need for a diversified, low volatility fund with limited interest rate risk that also has all the benefits of green bond exposure. The third topic I think is worth spotlighting is SEB's updated green bond framework. The update includes three additional use of proceeds categories, biodiversity, transition to a circular economy and climate change adaptation. The focus on biodiversity and circular economy follows a theme we are seeing quite widely in the market. For example, UBP launched a biodiversity fund focusing on two objectives, protection and restoration. Protection includes circular economy and preserving green spaces, whilst restoration includes developing vertical farming, which will allow traditional farmland to be reclaimed. In its framework update, SEB also incorporated the EU taxonomy. I use the word incorporate specifically as it doesn't go as far as full alignment, but SEB have been really transparent about where the eligible project categories exceed or fall short of the EU taxonomy's technical screening criteria, which is great to see. For example, in the category of clean transport, they exceed the taxonomy by exclusively focusing on electric vehicles and not hybrids. By contrast, their criteria for sustainable forestry mirrors their previous framework, which differs from the EU taxonomy. Following publication of the framework, SEB hosted an investor call, a marketing exercise which worked well and allowing them to price one billion euro green bond in the market two days later. Turning our attention to February's issuance in the primary capital markets. After just one social cover bond in the second week of January, we've seen two green cover bonds from Germany, an inaugural issuance from DZ HIT in euros and another from LBBW in the offshore dollar market. Issuance in the GSS senior market has been much more active, with Deutsche Bank, Danske Bank, Nordea Argenta and the aforementioned SEB coming to market, all in green format and all in senior non-preferred format. 
There's been a noticeable lack of social issues. The last big trade was Citigroup's $2.5 billion dual tranche in mid-January, and also a lack of GSS capital issuance entirely so far this year. Finally, I'll draw attention to sustainability-linked bonds for financial institutions. So far, there have been very few SLBs issued by banks, the main examples being Berlin HIT in April 2020, and also Bank of China's innovative sustainability-relinked bonds in Q4 last year. As the level of ESG sophistication increases across the banking sector, for example, being able to accurately measure and monitor loan emissions, we expect a number of issuers to develop bank-wide KPIs and then access the SLB market, including several national champions, in addition to more narrow-focused banks, such as real estate lenders. And there we have it. Thanks for listening to this month's Financial Institutions ESG 5 and 5 podcast. As always, please be sure to check out our monthly newsletter linked in the description for more on the key ESG trends shaping the market this month. And if you like this episode, please follow the channel and click the notification bell so you can get future episodes as soon as they are released. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.